0: Babes, and Welcome to Summer Twilight Book Club, the podcast where your two best friends, two super cool and entirely functional bitches, make the best use of their clinical training, reading four garbage books that they used to fall asleep holding every night. I'm Sahana. And I'm Kat. Thanks for listening, team.
1: If you haven't read Twilight or listened to our podcast before, first of all, rude. Second of all, pretty weird place to jump in, buddy. But thank you for joining us.
0: Here's what you you need to know.
1: Yeah, we do. Uh, Here's what you need to know to catch you up to now. Twilight is the story of an incredibly boring, desperately horny teenage girl named Bella, who had moved a couple of months ago from Phoenix, Arizona, to a rainy town named Forks to live with her dad, Charlie. Unlike in Phoenix, Bella is shockingly popular with the boys in town, including a boy named Edward. Bella soon comes to find out that there's a lot more to this world than she previously knew. Vampires exist, and so do werewolves.
0: That's really the crux of this story. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Unbeknownst- Oh, just so you know, it only took us just, like, 150 pages to find that out.
0: To be fair, we knew, because it was on the back of the fucking book. Bella Swan, however- dumb bitch that she is, took 150 pages uh, to learn that Edward Cullen was a vampire. Anyway.
1: Anyway. Unbeknownst to anyone else, the hot doctor in town and his weird group of foster kids are all vampires, including, as we just mentioned, Edward Cullen, the hot broody kid in her class. Also, the local tribe nearby is full of werewolves, and Edward and his kind aren't allowed on the reservation. Chill. Chill, kind of like them, as they are referred to as the cold ones. Yeah, it's great. Um, Also, the local... um, Just kidding. I already said that part. (laughs) So anyways... Uh, despite the obvious danger and the fact that Everett has a particular fascination
0: for her blood. Nothing and, creepy, you know, he just really wants to eat her. It's not a big deal, everyone. Yeah, and maybe he watches her sleep. And Also her- totally fine and not weird or creepy at all. Yeah, she she's in love with him. It. Yeah, she's despite in love with the him. fact that they've only known each other for about 15 minutes, they're in love, you guys.
1: So they start dating, and, uh, but she... Meets his vampire family. And now, uh, about 12... I was going to say 12
0: hours, but is it even 12 hours? No, it's like immediately. It's like they they go to visit his family. She learns their entire family history. And then Edward's dad is like, hey, want to come play baseball?
1: Uh, Edward's, sister Edward's sister is, is like, hey, I want to come sorry. play baseball? It's, it is Alice. Edward's dad is like, I got to go to work. And Alice is like, but you'll be back later to play the baseball. Correct. That is what
0: happens. Thank you so much for clarifying. You're welcome. I know that our new listeners would be really confused. Um, By that and that alone, the rest of this is totally intelligible.
1: Yeah. So she's going to go on her first family outing approximately like three hours after meeting the family to go watch them play baseball. But first, she has to get over the hardest trial of all. Introducing her dad to her hot vampire boyfriend.
0: Oh shit. And that
1: brings us To chapter 17.
0: Chapter 17 is called The Game. So Bella and Edward make their way back from the Cullen family greenhouse. uh, And as Edward rounds the corner to Bella's house, she realizes that someone is there waiting for her at home. And it is none other than our favorite young wolf pup, Jacob Black, and his dad, Billy. So Edward, what even is consent, Cullen, probably uses his mind-reading powers to explain to Bella... That Billy's there to see Charlie, uh, presumably to warn him that his daughter's been canoodling with a hundred and four year old dude who may or may not have a permanent boner. We still haven't definitely does. decided. Did we come to a conclusion in the last episode about the no. state of Edward's boner? Okay, well, Mm-mm. we'll. Leave I think that I was gonna do up. some
1: research, but I didn't.
0: That's fine. Uh, I don't think it's that important. Regardless, I think that's the least of our worries in considering Bella's relationship. With Edward Cullen, um so hashtag Edward's Endless Boner, yeah, ooh, that's a good one. Start using that, y'all um so Edward once again demonstrates his obsession with kissing Bella places on her face that aren't her mouth, uh, and then leaves, but he leaves on foot, like he drove Bella's truck home. From his parents' house. So he parks the truck on the curb and then leaves the truck there and Bella gets out and walks up to the door to talk to Billy and Jacob and Edward just walks (laughs) away? You know, I really questioned that part when I read it, but
1: I also want to pause real quick before I really dive into that to mention that you just said that he kisses her not on the mouth, but you didn't tell anyone where he does kiss her. Yeah which is that he like leans under her head and like kisses the underside of her jaw which and honestly every description that they've had of how Edward sits with her is always like him leaning his head underneath like a cat and it's it's beginning to make me think that Edward is actually like significantly shorter than Bella <laughs> I cannot remember um... I cannot remember if they've ever described their like <laughs> heights But this, every position he puts himself in to me only makes sense if she's like five inches taller than him.
0: Also, this entire interaction happens when they're in respectively the driver's seat and the front seat of a car. Now, I don't know if you all have ever tried to kiss somebody in a car. It is not particularly easy because you have the whole, like, center console in between you. So it, like, takes a little bit of contorting to be able to kiss somebody in, like, a regular way in a car. Uh, but then for him to additionally, like, shove his entire head underneath her head. And also, I would like to remind you Actually, no,
1: Wait. I think it makes more sense now that I think about it. Here, I'll demonstrate for you and no one else on webcam. (laughs) You're kind of like leaning over and you're just like, oh. Oh, I guess. Yeah,
0: you know what? That does make a little more sense.
1: Everyone is listening. Lean over to one side. Look, there's someone next to you in a car. Look at them. Look up (laughs) at their cute little face. They
0: give a little smooch
1: and then you'll see that maybe kissing under their jaw actually for once makes
0: sense. You know what? I take it back. Maybe this is understandable. However, I would like to point out that the whole time this is happening. He Billy does walk and- home though. Yeah, he do. Billy and Jacob are on the board just like hanging out. Also, he gets out of the car and walks home because apparently that's not going to arise any suspicions. I don't. Is his way is his car there? No. So he picked Bella up at her house for his date with uh the entire family. And they drove her truck to the Cullen family home and then they drove her truck back and then he gets out of the truck and leaves the truck parked on the <laughs> curb. And just walks away. <laughs> okay, for context, if this is your first time listening
1: or you just don't have this very specific recollection, uh Forks is not like our hometown, our suburb, where like maybe he could walk home because no, it's, all the like, clouds classes- are pretty
0: rural. Also, they like made a point of telling us in the previous chapter when he went to go like when they went to go visit his family, that they like live in the middle of the <laughs> forest. And then
1: Billy would know that.
0: Yeah, like, Billy knows where the Collins live because they have this whole treaty, so he, like, (laughs) knows that Edward is just walking home.
1: I guess, like, maybe it's... Edward's like, well, this isn't suspicious to Billy. Billy doesn't need to be suspicious because he already knows.
0: But Jacob so doesn't the, know. Yes.
1: So it's just Jacob. But Jacob is definitely <laughs> too dense to notice oh, and or oh, say Black. anything about this.
0: Honestly, Jacob He's just like, deserves uh-huh, that. Uh-huh. Oh, God. Okay. So Bella... <laughs> Edward just walks off into the night or whatever. Uh, Bella... Walks up the door and says hi to Lassie and Lassie's owner and then lets Charlie- (laughs) And then lets him know. Oh my god.
1: You know. I'm sorry that everyone just had to hear me cackle in their ears, but I did not read that ahead
0: of time. Oh my god. You know, man's best friend, Jacob Black, and his owner, Billy. Oh, so Bella lets them know that Charlie isn't home. uh, But then invites them inside while Billy just sort of stares her down on the porch. Um, once they get inside, Billy makes up some dumb excuse to get Jacob to leave. Um, and Jacob's super moody because he saw Bella with Edward, because once again, we need to be reminded that no human man is immune to the womanly wiles of Bella long khaki skirt Swan, just so everyone remembers. Or in case you didn't listen to last week's episode, Bella Swan has been for the last two chapters wearing like a mid-calf length khaki skirt, uh, and is apparently so tempting that Edward had to restrain himself.
1: Um, I really like, well, I want a touch of the skirt. In a little bit, but I do really like how Billy gets Jacob out of the house. Do you which is <laughs> where he's Please. like he's like, Dear Jacob, I, your father, am in a wheelchair. I need you to go out to the car and find a picture of your sister's kid. No, trust me, I'm pretty I'm pretty also, sure I put it in the car. Also and Jacob's I- like, Are you sure? And he's like, I don't know, go check. But so be thorough.
0: Also, I would like to take this opportunity to remind everybody that we were once treated to the casual fact that Jacob Black's sister moved to Hawaii to marry a Samoan surfer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can't breathe. Oh my god. Oh, I hate this book so much. I oh. love every second of it. Oh. I hope everyone here knows. <laughs> that I've been, like, fucking this dude and then reading Twilight in his bed. (laughs) I- Because I'm not even ashamed anymore that I'm reading this.
0: I went on a date uh, on Saturday and I spent, like, 30% of it talking about our podcast. (laughs) I went on a first date and I told a dude about this podcast
1: and then we talked about Twilight and he was like, yeah, you know, when I read the first book, uh- you know, when I was a teenager, I loved it. And I was like, this is be the first book I reread. And I started rereading it right away. But then when I got
0: to the... When I started rereading it, I was like,
1: this relationship is abusive.
0: <laughs> you picked a good one, Katie. Um, okay. The so... other
1: person has not read it, but is totally fine with me. Just, like, post-coitally reading to one, like, <laughs> I
0: appreciate that, honestly. Yeah, the... The person that I went on a date with on Saturday said that he was going to listen to the podcast, and I don't know if I should be excited or scared about that, but, uh, if you're listening, hey, um, okay, so, uh, we, so, (laughs) Billy gets Jacob to go look for a picture of his sister in the car, um, (laughs) At which point, we are treated to the world's most awkward conversation possible. And I will remind you that the two parties between whom this conversation is happening are a teenage girl who's dating a vampire, and her dad's friend, who's also her sort of friend's dad, and her sort of friend is presumably in love with her. Also- Also, Billy is presumably a werewolf. Yeah, that's unclear. He's either a werewolf or, like, a werewolf adjacent. Um, He's a werewolf ally. A werewolf ally. Oh, man. Um, So Billy tries to tell Bella that she's making a mistake hanging out with Edward, which, like, fucking thank you. Finally, someone has said out loud. Um, And then he tells her that the Cullens have a reputation on the reservation, which obviously we know about, Bella knows about. Bella, don't tell me what to do, Swan, is a rude-ass bitch and basically <laughs> tells Billy that it's none of his fucking business. God, like, leave. Um, and I but get th- this, it. this is, like, uh,
1: like a Joey, uh... Phoebe, Rachel, etc., on friends, where it's like a, but they don't know that I. Oh know yeah, for know the second know. time, <laughs> it's like she literally. One second, I haven't written down in my chapter notes. Yeah, I like think.
0: he says something to her like, "Oh, it seems like you know more about them than I thought," and then she's like, "Yeah, I actually think that I know more about them than you do." Yeah, but it wasn't even just that.
1: It was um, he goes, "Oh, where is it?" Oh yeah, um. He's like, uh, I suppose that's none of my business. And she's like, yeah, it isn't any of your business. And then he's like, but maybe it's Charlie's business. And then she's like, though, it would be my business again, whether or not I think that is Charlie's business, right?
0: <laughs> oh, nothing is anyone's business. Um. Okay, so like, I... On the one hand, I kind of understand where Bell's coming from cuz it is weird as fuck to get unsolicited relationship advice from your sort of acquaintance's dad. Um It's weirder to get it's weirder to get dating advice from your dad's
1: best friend. Yeah. <laughs> well, unaccompanied by your dad.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. I will admit that this is weird. However, uh like the only Billy is the only person so far that's given Bella the correct appraisal of Edward in a way that's not manipulative and so like maybe this is a thing that she should listen to um and like she acknowledges that his comments are coming exclusively from a place of concern for her which indicates that she knows that there's something to be concerned about but she still has nothing to say and then just tells him to fuck off. Um, the other thing that I want to say about this conversation is that clearly Billy Black has never met a teenage girl before, because let me tell you, nothing makes a teenage girl want to engage in reckless sexual relationships like an adult telling her that it's a bad idea. Like, what Mm -hmm. the fuck is this, Billy? Is this amateur hour? Like, what did you think was going to happen?
1: Yeah. I think the only thing that makes me want to engage in reckless sexual relationships more than an adult telling me it's a bad idea is, like, you telling me (laughs) it's a bad idea. (laughs) <laughs> we all know how that ended. Because uh, <laughs> if you're like, "Hey, cat, this is a bad idea," I'm like, "So I do it, and uh, I, I just, I just do it anyway." Because <laughs> you're not gonna have any repercussions for
0: me. Um, I, I once, I've, I explained to someone recently that I think that the primary difference between you and I as people is that uh, I have strict parents and impulse control. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so called out. I'm so called out right now. I had Can parents I who mostly the- didn't
1: pay it <laughs> I say that with all the love in the world. <laughs> I had parents who mostly didn't pay attention to me. Unless like it was for like a good thing, you know? Yeah. Like they just like, they just let you. me they just let me do whatever. They just didn't pay attention because I wasn't like openly getting in trouble. So they were like okay, you know, she's kind of messy. We can let that go. She only eats bagels. That's fine.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, um, I got yelled at if there was a towel on my floor, and I was not allowed to be a picky eater. So I'm saying that I genuinely Oh, I wasn't think a picky eater. They just didn't feed me. I oh, just ate a lot right, of bagels. Um, but i But I, I genuinely think that the main difference between you and I as people is that I had strict parents and impulse control. <laughs> I have-
1: no impulse control it's really true
0: i love you so much but you you just
1: (sighs) for anyone listening especially if you work with me i love you i'm so sorry (laughs) um tune in to at how do i spell my name (laughs) e-p-s-i-l-i-n-a go to twitter look up how to spell your twitter handle not just my Twitter handle, so I have been using since I was 13. Oh, yeah, on literally um, every platform. But go go to my Twitter, at epsilina. follow me, and then every time I'm drunk and have even less impulse control, <laughs> I will tell you how much I love you. It's
0: true. That is honestly, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate a good I love you so much drunk rant. Um, and you're Anyways, always good for uh, one. I agree, though. Now, I agree. Yeah. Adults telling
1: you that you shouldn't fuck some hot dude just gonna make you fuck that what? hot dude. For what real? happens next? I don't
0: know what he thought was gonna happen. Um, what happens next is that Billy and Jacob leave, and then Bella goes upstairs to change out of her dressy clothes, uh, which I will never cease to remind us, of <laughs> we have a long, khaki skirt. This is what this like, bitch considers
1: dressy. <sighs> is that what passes for, like, classy or dressy in, like forks or phoenix or okay, what see the,
0: so i think that this is actually like apparently a documented pacific northwest phenomenon because this is something what? that i've discussed at length with people who live here so like and when they I'm, aren't like yeah that's hideous yeah well so like this what gets considered dressy here where i live uh is like the bar is so low like people show up to work in like shorts and tie-dye t-shirts and like khakis and everyone like wears chacos all the time and like my (laughs) yeah it's wild my friend was talking about how she like somebody invited her out for like a karaoke like birthday party and she got dressed up because it was a karaoke birthday party So she, like, you know, showed out and she got there and everyone was like, oh, like, you look so fancy. Like, you're so dressy. Like, everyone else had showed up in, like, jeans and she was so mad. Like, apparently the standard for casual is so low. It's awful. I like. (laughs) Okay, I'd like everyone,
1: everyone who's listening to know, because some of you might know me. Some of you might know Sahana. Some of you might not know either of us.
0: If you don't know either of us, what are you doing listening to this podcast? No, uh...
1: thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast, (laughs) new friends. Follow me at Epsilina and I will be your new friend. (laughs) She'll tell you how much she loves you when she's drunk. Really specific content about how much I love you. Um, No, but we're very dressy. Like, I own so many clothes. We love putting on bright or dark lipstick, uh, doing our hair in our very specific ways that we do our hair, (laughs) uh, Doing our eyebrows real good. Yeah. Yep. Um, Getting off and someone telling us that our eyebrows look good. True. And then putting on a really pretty dress. And just fucking serving looks.
0: Like, here's the thing. Katie We belong and I... somewhere else. Yeah. You're- You're- I think you're okay in Ann Arbor. Uh, no,
1: I'm... no. Everyone here wears sportswear. All the time.
0: Oh. Has Ann Arbor, Ann Arbor turned into, like, athleisure town? I feel like that was I always
1: thought it was athleisure town.
0: I feel like that was starting to happen when I lived there, and maybe the transformation is now complete. It's like gentrification, but for, but worse. Um, okay. Opposite gentrification is becoming, like... But it's like, but it's like bougie casual, you know? Anyway. Uh, Bella goes upstairs to change into attire appropriate for vampire baseball. Who knows what that is? Maybe athleisure? Um... While she's doing this, she very casually notices how scared she is now that super-powered vampires aren't manipulating her emotions, so that's super chill and normal. Um, This horrifying tirade is interrupted by a phone call from a character that I know y'all have missed as much as I have. That's right, bitches. Jessica's back. Oh, shit. So Bella takes this phone call from Jessica and proceeds to demonstrate to us why she's never had any close friends before. Uh, turns out it's because she's a total bitch. <laughs> and the ones bitch. that she has,
1: and the ones that she has had, bet her to eat dirt. <laughs> yeah, her mom. <laughs> for the means, record,
0: that was her mom.
1: Which means that they aren't really her friends. She's just some person who hangs along. And they're like, "Hey, Bella, go eat some dirt." <laughs> so, hey, Bella, go find a picture of your sister in the car. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Like, so Jessica calls her and is, like, very genuinely eager to tell her about what happened at the dance that Bella skipped to hang out with Edward. Um, And Bella's, yeah, like... Mike kissed her. Yeah, Mike kissed her. And she's, like, really excited to tell her friend about the fact that the boy she likes kissed her. And Bella's, like, internal monologue is, oh, this stupid bitch only talks about herself. Which is so lacking in self-awareness. Because all Bella ever fucking talks about is herself. And I just, like... I almost have to laugh because it's baffling to me that I'm supposed to identify with Bella. Because I truly don't understand anyone whose reaction to this level of hot gossip is anything other than, like, gimme. I want that shit. Oh, we love gossip. Like, I will go up to people. I don't even-
1: I was at a coffee shop the other day, sitting with my two friends, and the baristas, who I never met before, were talking shit about one of their roommates. And
0: I was like- I made my friends shut up. I was like, I gotta listen. I, live I gotta know. That shit, listen. I feel like we I have like four group chats that are just dedicated to gossip. It's true. We listen. It is both my favorite and least favorite quality about myself. Uh, but I'm real the pettiest bitch alive,
1: real. which is
0: why. I love That's why Dwelle. we get along. It's true. Um, okay, so, Bella, I'm a terrible friend, Swan. Um, again, she's, like, telling us that she thinks that Jessica is self-centered, which is not even true, because Jessica literally asks her about Edward. She's like, oh, did Edward Cullen ever call you back? And Bella says nothing. Um... Lest we forget, however, that Bella is not like other girls. This part really makes me think about how committed this book is to characterizing normal teenage girl behavior as like frivolous and dumb.
1: But also, like from another perspective, is also like showing just how much Edward has alienated her from her peer group. Yeah, which is such like very like specific like child grooming behavior.
0: Yes. It's like, she literally says, when Jessica calls her, she says something like, oh, it felt like I, um, I don't remember what she said, but she says something like, it felt like months since I talked to her instead of just days.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Something almost exactly like that, I think. Which is Both opening our books, as I'm sure you can hear. (laughs)
0: It's
1: on page, like, 355 or something. In case you're reading along, which I know, again, that all of you are, diligently, you're in this book club with us. Yeah,
0: she says, it felt like months rather than days since I'd spoken to Jess. Like, she's been spending so much of her time, like, isolating herself with Edward that she feels like she literally is disconnected from the rest of her peer group, which is classic abusive grooming behavior.
1: Also, again, just about how much Bella sucks, Bella's like... How's the dance? The thing that Jessica called to talk about. And Jessica goes, It was so much fun, and starts talking about it. But Bella, Bella says, Needing no more invitation than that, she launched into a minute by minute account of the previous night. Like she's as, such if, a bitch. as if we are not reading a book that is a minute by minute account of your entire
0: <laughs> life. <laughs> That's
1: a really good point.
0: Oh, God. Ugh. So, anyway, Bella. Gets out of having to be honest or a good friend or vulnerable or developing any kind of healthy relationship with anyone who's not her emotionally abusive boyfriend, question mark. Because who knows what they are to each other at this point? Um, anyway, she's- even though know, they've saved. had a DTR like eight times. Who fucking knows? Um, so she is saved from this conversation with Jessica by the arrival of good dad, Charlie. Um, and Bella finally takes this opportunity to tell Charlie that she's dating Edward Cullen. And once again, finally, somebody has an appropriate response to this. Like Charlie freaks out and gets pretty upset, and is like, "Edward's way too old for you," which is the understatement of the fucking century. Charlie doesn't even know. Um, and even
1: though I, they're supposed to be like the same age, right? Goofy.
0: Like Charlie knows, you know, he's got that dad intuition. And I just, what does it say about me that I empathize more with the perspectives of the dad characters in this book than anyone else?
1: That's how I feel when I watch Riverdale. (laughs) I'm like, there's one character in this entire show up until, like, I don't know, maybe the third season that has any goddamn sense, and it is Fred Andrews. Fred
0: Andrews. Good dad Fred Andrews, everyone. Oh, thank God for Luke Perry. Okay. Um,
1: Luke Perry should have played
0: Charlie. Oh, that would have been really good. Oh, that's good casting. I'm going to hold on to that in my brain uh, for when we do our fantasy twilight draft um i can't wait to do that right, it's gonna <gasps> be really good you guys okay so basically bella is just like whatever dad don't embarrass me in front of my hot boyfriend dad he's gonna be here just like be cool okay um and then edward comes to pick up bella she says that he looks like a raincoat model which is fucking stupid um <laughs> and then and Charlie exchanged some really nice, friendly, paternalistic words about human scarecrow Isabella Swan, and Bella and Edward make their way off to the vampire field of dreams because, as I will remind you, they're gonna go play vampire baseball, I guess. Um, and so, this part of the chapter really brings us to what I have affectionately dubbed a red flag sandwich, which is to uh. say that we're about to treat you to a red flag, holy shit, Bella, red flag, triple Mm. fucking header. Uh, Do you want to take us away here, Katie?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, no, I don't. But yes, yes, I do. Okay, so red flag flag number flag number one. So Bella says she's like scared about Edward running with her in the woods. Um, because she remembers how last time she got so sick, she had to, like, lay down on the ground, and, like, she's not, she was terrified and not into it. And so Edward is like, what have I tampered with your memory? And, uh, you know, and... And she's
0: like, what the fuck do you Um, mean?
1: And then he's like, oh, um... Let me just like get really close to you and press you up against a car. He pins and she her literally, up against
0: the door of the car.
1: Yeah, and she's literally like, I had no room to escape. And then he's like, I'm gonna kiss you, and like, you can smell my sexy breath. Uh, and you're gonna, I'm gonna keep asking you, like, what do you want to do now? Do you really want to go home? Do you really
0: not want to run with me? Yeah. How like, about now, he, he literally like tells her how to feel like he's like oh like was it really that bad like are you really that scared do you really not want to do this with me like all while he's like fucking getting physical with her while she's trapped against the hood of like the door of the car
1: yeah and then uh once she stops being scared she gets really horny and like tries to make out with him And and then he jumps back And he's like, oh, I'm gonna seduce- he's like, wait, Bella, I'm gonna seduce you into letting me carry you, but then once you're seduced, I would be like, you
0: slut. Yeah, like, okay, this is great, because this brings us directly into the holy shit, Bella, go to therapy moment, because after this horrifying circus of manipulation- Edward, like, actually straight up kisses her on the mouth, shocking all of us, I know. Um, and the language that Bella uses when she talks about the way that she reacts to Edward kissing her and that his reaction to that is so fucking victim-blamey. Like, so... Because she, she, like, makes out with him. Yeah, she reacts to somebody kissing you the way that anybody would react to somebody that you like kissing you, which is that she, like, puts her arms around his neck and, like starts to kiss him back and he gets like so fucking angry and like jumps back from her and he's like you're gonna be the death of me Isabella Swan and then (laughs) her reaction is there was really no excuse for my behavior obviously I knew better by now like what the fuck Bella that's your like automatic reaction to the like what Because, and the other thing is that he gaslights the fuck out of her. Because clearly he gets really upset when she kisses him back. And -hmm. then they're like running through the woods or whatever. And she's like, hey, are you mad at me about the- No, it's right away that she says that. Yeah, yeah. She's like, yeah. She's like, hey, are you mad at me about that? And he's like, no, I'm not mad. And then like, I can tell you're mad. And he's like, no, I'm not mad. It's fine. And then later, literally like five minutes later, he's like, okay, fine, I'm mad. And she's like, you just said that you weren't mad. And he's like, I said I wasn't mad at you. Like, what the? This is fucking absurd.
1: She literally, yeah, it's so awful. Like... He's literally like, I'm never mad at you, Bella. Even if... He's like, can't you see that? How can you not see that? Like, when I'm mad, I'm mad at myself. And Red I'm not flag at you. number two. Like... He's literally like... Yes, he's literally like... Right after that, after this gross, self-pitying, manipulative bullshit, he's like, I hate myself for putting you in danger. I should be stronger. And, like, even goes so far as to say that his excuse for his behavior is that he just loves her so much. Like, oh, I'm
0: really angry and, like, manipulative because I love you so much. Like, that's why I put you in danger all the time. How could you have missed that? Oh, my gosh. Anyways. Oh, God. Yeah, because he's such a stellar communicator. Oh boy. So, thanks, uh, thanks for getting through the worst sandwich in the entire world, everybody. Um, so at this point, Edward, uh, once again just dons human backpack Bella Swan and runs her through the forest. Again, something that she explicitly said she wasn't comfortable with. Um, but he runs her through the forest to a clearing at the base of the mountains where the rest of his family is waiting to, I shit you not, play baseball. Like, that that's what they're doing. Um, so Edward runs off to assume his position on the field and leaves Bella with Esme, who referees the game to keep them all honest.
1: Uh, and, Esme- and to make the teams even. Let's also just acknowledge yeah, also, that. She also, doesn't say that. She doesn't say that. But it's because the teams
0: weren't even. It's true. So one team is Edward, Carlisle, and, and Alice. Alice. And the other team is Emmett, Rosalie, and Jasper. Yeah. Um, so Esme's refereeing. Bella stays with her because obviously Bella can't play a sport. Um, and Esme very casually decides to inform Bella that she didn't fall off a cliff and die. She jumped off of a cliff. After her baby died a couple days after it was born, because in case the Mormon themes weren't coming through strong enough, Stephanie Meyer really just wants to hammer home here that women are worthless unless they bear children.
1: Okay, I just want to like a holy shit,
0: Esme go to therapy moment. Everyone in this book needs therapy
1: because like that was so crazy. Because she's just like, oh yeah, I love my family. You know, I consider them my family. Um, why don't I just casually drop some trauma on you? Would you just ask me a very basic question and just tell you that, yeah, my baby died? And, um, I'm so happy now, though, because my son, who's, you know, like the same age as me and older than me in vampire years, basically, um, you know, I'm so happy as a mate now. Like, like, I don't even know where to start, honestly. Like, I'm not, I'm a macro social worker, but so hopefully someone who is clinically licensed does. Like, how are you, Let me, let
0: me, let me tell you something. As someone who is clinically licensed, I don't have an explanation for this. (laughs) We need a
1: vampire fucking social worker. (laughs) Vampiric social workers, please apply. If
0: anyone out there is practicing, um... Cognitive behavioral vampire therapy. Please let us know. We could use your expertise. Uh, Anyways, so she's clearly
1: not thriving. Clearly,
0: she's not thriving. Um, the majority of the rest of this chapter is literally just Bella describing the Collins playing baseball. Like you, you heard me correctly. A family of vampires is hanging out in a clearing at the base of a mountain range in the Pacific Northwest. Just. Enjoying America's pastime and I quote razzing each other like street ball players. So couple of questions about this. Uh first of all, where does Bella live that people play baseball in the middle of the street? Is that a thing? Is she mixing metaphors and talking about basketball? Like I don't No, no, no. No, okay, so she, like me,
1: has seen uh, The Sandlot eight too many times, but also, (laughs) I think where she actually gets this from... Okay, so, in Hey Arnold, which is based partially off of Seattle, um, they play baseball, like, in the streets in an empty
0: lot. Wait, Hey Arnold is definitely in New York City.
1: No, if you read it, it talks about how it's based off of two cities, and one of them, if I recall, is Seattle, and it's not New York. (laughs)
0: Really? I always thought it was New York because all of the schools are called, like, P.S. Number, which is how all the, like, public schools are named in New York. Well,
1: its geographic location is never revealed outright. Some episodes suggest that the city is located in Washington State. (laughs) Did you just look that up? Yes. And then the first article is, Hey Arnold, wasn't set in Brooklyn in a revelation that will blow your mind. Whoa!
0: This week it's me that's realizing a thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. Back to vampire baseball, because I really can't get enough of talking about vampire baseball. Honestly, this entire scene has never made sense to me. Why did Stephanie Meyer include the baseball scene? Like, is this some weird misguided attempt at being like, oh, vampires, they're just like us. I, she couldn't think of any other way to get these other vampires into the story. Like, which is I think that is hilarious? Is it a plot device to get a we're getting there? A plot there. device. Like, okay, so I just what made Stephanie Meyer pause in the middle of writing this like epic dramatic teenage romance and say to herself, "You know what this is missing." is sports like did she was this like a like a gendered marketing ploy like she was like oh this is like all this romantic shit is way too girly so i'm gonna like throw some baseball in here so that some dudes might buy my book like what i don't understand the logic
1: i think she just like thinks that baseball players are hot (laughs) just wanted she just wanted to put ever in a baseball tee
0: yeah i don't like is this really the best way she could I love
1: baseball tees. Baseball tees are really good. They are good. Maybe she just wanted everyone to wear baseball tees. I'm gonna go with that.
0: I- You know, honestly, that's a motivation I understand. Um, I- I buy Don several baseball tees for Christmas every year, because they're so good.
1: I haven't um, owned one in a while. It's a bummer. Uh,
0: um, hey, everyone who is listening, uh, Katie's birthday is swiftly approaching, so if you love her, buy her a baseball tee.
1: Or if time you listen to this, maybe it's already passed because I'm not sure when the release schedule is. Well, but, right uh, that, like, you I accept... don't
0: need a you don't need an excuse to buy Katie a baseball team. just do it. She'll tweet about yeah, how much I accept... she loves you. I will. <gasps> I will. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So I you guys Vampire baseball? Like No, go
1: on, go up. I... We're done with this. We're done with this.
0: Like We're no, gonna talk I... about it. No, no, no. no, we're going to talk on.
1: about it more in like five minutes. I, just, I guarantee you I'm going to come back to it in the next yeah. chapter. Okay. I guarantee right. you. Okay. Move
0: on. Oh, I'm just going to hold on to all my vampire baseball comments. Um, So they're playing vampire baseball. Alice realizes, she Alice stops the vampire baseball game to tell us that the other group of vampires that she had since nearby last chapter heard them playing baseball, which is weird because I thought the whole point of them playing baseball during a thunderstorm is that they weren't detectable, but that's neither here nor there. Aren't
1: detectable to he- for regular humans. But
0: the expert ears of people who love baseball. <laughs> Baseball-seeking ears! Um, anyway, so these these uh, other group of baseball-loving vampires have heard this game and they're on their way. Um, they start to freak out because Bella's there with them and Bella's a human and Bella's not trying to get eaten. Um, but Edward says that he can't get out of there with... Bella is she? quickly enough she who knows really Wait, who knows who can understand the inner machinations of Bella Swan's mind certainly not I um so Edward says he can't get out of there with Bella fast enough so Carlisle decides that they should stay and just uh keep playing baseball act natural act natural so edward tells bella that she should take her hair down which i don't understand um and (laughs) stay still there's literally no explanation he's like bella take your hair down and then she does it and we never get an explanation why
1: yeah i'd really like to address how on earth putting her hair down was supposed to help anything because they literally talk all the
0: time about how like every time her hair like ruffles with the breeze it makes her like smell tasty or whatever the only thing i can think of is just to hide her
1: face because she's not like hot enough to be a vampire (laughs) Bella <laughs> shield your <laughs> ugly face from
0: our beautiful eyes. Bella, put this bag on you. <laughs> so Edward puts a bag over Bella's head and then um it's Alice Alice says that it's not gonna help because she could smell Bella from across the field, and that's where the chapter ends. That's that seems it. very
1: Pacific. That seems very Pacific northwest of her. Being able to be smelled from across the field. <laughs>
0: Wish no <laughs> Oh man. Um oh. I just there's one point in this chapter that we haven't gotten to that I would just really briefly like to touch on because it's haunted me since I read it. Um when Edward and Bella leave her house, they leave in this like gigantic Jeep uh that Edward has borrowed from Emmett. It's like a Jeep to do off-roading in. Um and so Edward um straps Bella into, into a harness. the off-roading harness. And all I can imagine Because she can't do it herself. Cuz she can't do it herself. All I imagine <sighs> when that's being described is like somebody strapping a baby into a car seat.
1: Yeah, but when he does it he's like let me sexually help you put on your seatbelt. He's, there
0: is no sexy way. There is no way sexy way to put someone in a car seat. I'm sorry. No. There's just I mean, no way.
1: If you listen to our podcast and you're into that baby fetish shit, I'm sorry. I just- that You gotta is, go. You gotta go.
0: And also, we're, honestly, we're if done. you're into that, that's not even the weirdest fetish we've talked about on this podcast. So
1: yeah. Yeah, like, I've already talked about how Bella's in vore and we just talked about it a little bit ago. Oh boy. Um, anyways, right. what is your- what's your? Fa- we're skipping over that. What's your, uh, although at work I told them about how you didn't like me saying that <laughs> and then everyone was like, Bella loves vore. No! And the people were like- And people who are like, what's vore? We were like, don't look it up.
0: (laughs) We're like,
1: never look it up.
0: Team, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know what vore is, please do yourself a favor and don't Google it. Just, it's okay not to know. I promise. Give me Um, um, me your favorite. It's, I just, we don't even need to talk about it. I just want to put the line out there. Uh, You smell so good in the rain. That's it. That's all I want to say.
1: Okay. Is this the part of the the book that you're supposed to listen to the boy who blocked his own shot <laughs> too, Because it's all like, I smell before
0: rain. <laughs> you're the blood of my veins. Oh, God. oh, man. ooh, didn't think we were going to talk about brand new on this podcast. Okay. I know all
1: these 20. 20- okay. I realize the difference. Here's how you tell if someone is a millennial or Gen Z. Is it
0: Z? Yeah, I think so.
1: Um, all the Gen Z people I know have never heard of Brand New. What the fuck? Yeah. That's wild. Anyways, moving on. My favorite part. Um... Okay, I love how Bella describes Edward so flawlessly and beautiful. But whenever we see his family interact, like, they're always just like, oh, Edward's such a fucking nerd. <laughs> like, they <do? laughs> The first time that Jasper comes around, which is a previous chapter... Um, he, like, snorts at Bella, being like, isn't ever great at everything? And then this chapter, they, like, heard Edward and Bella coming, and they're like, oh, yeah, what was going on? And, uh, Edward says that it was him laughing. And, uh, Emmett goes, it sounds like a bear was choking. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I do love that they just roast him constantly. It's really good. So I'm gonna go on to the next chapter, which Please is do. entitled The Hunt. So this chapter starts with the three new vampires sauntering out of the woods, apparently looking like extras from the musical Cats. <laughs> Bella describes stuff, Bella describes the way they walk as cat-like, a gait that seemed constantly on the edge of shifting into a crouch. Which, like, all I can imagine is, like, Mac from <laughs> It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia during the Nightman Cometh, where he just, like, pops out with the cat eyes. It's just, like... <laughs> oh my so, God. the newcomers are described as looking like backpackers wearing presumably eddie bauer clothing packable and waterproof yeah okay, um
0: please.
1: but they are barefoot with a sensible smattering of twigs in their hair yeah, you because know. you know why not but i have to talk about this why are they barefoot <laughs> <Why> because like <laughs> there's no good option because i gotta say there's only like, I wrote a whole bunch. I like stopped reading. I got really upset during this because like I want this explained. It can't just be to make them look feral because if they aren't bothered by the temperature, like of their feet in the Pacific Northwest during the winter, and or like and they're not concerned about how it looks to strangers, then why aren't they just fully why, naked? Why are not they fully naked? Like why aren't they fully naked? Why do they just have no shoes on? Like the, the if I was gonna go outside, the one thing I would want to wear. If I was in the woods of the show. Shoes. Cause there's so many sharp
0: things. Also, can you imagine if they're so we their bodies have been described as being like the texture of marble. Can you imagine? You would have no traction if you were walking in the woods with marble feet. You gotta get you I've, some hiking boots.
1: I have a lot of problems. I have a lot of problems with that. Oh god. So, anyways. So, um one of them is one of the new vampires. Is a beautiful French, olive-skinned, yet like ashy, I guess man, who leads the group,
0: who we will soon come to know as is it Laurent? I think it's Laurent. Um, I Laurent. need to pause us here for a moment because we need to talk about Stephanie Meyer's description of this person's skin slash accent slash nationality because so Bella says that one of them, like Katie said. Has skin that is olive-toned beneath the typical vampire pallor, which, like, first of all, what does that even look like in practice? Does it just look like a Mediterranean They're dude ashy. in white face? Like they all just look ashy. <laughs> like, and also, but that's not this, like. I don't. Hot. No, like, okay, and this also led me on this like tangent of wondering. What happens when people of color get turned into vampires? Are there people of color vampires? Because, like, this- Well, in the
1: movie, he's black, isn't he? Is he?
0: Yeah, he's a guy from
1: Lost or Heroes or something.
0: I didn't know. So what are they doing- No, no, no,
1: from House. He's in House. Um, I knew he was in one of those big shows. He's in House. Did they- Uh, when they, like, he comes around the same time that, like, 13, I
0: think he's the religious, he's, like, the Mormon one. He's
1: the Mormon one at house. Oh, my God.
0: Like, <laughs> I just don't understand how somebody can be both olive-toned and right? pale I haven't at seen the, the movie. same time. Um, I haven't seen the
1: movie, so if I'm wrong, I haven't seen it. So it's not my fault, but I'm looking it up right now.
0: Okay. While you do that, I also just want to understand how this vampire with olive toned skin has a slightly French accent. Where Where is he from? Uh, Is Bella just like misunderstanding what kind of accent he has? That Uh, tracks. Can someone, I just, I would really love for someone to explain the racial dynamics of Twilight to me.
1: I don't know. I have confirmed that he is definitely not white in um the movie though. Okay. Uh, but I think he I think it's just like I don't know. It's a good question though and it, there's no satisfactory answer that we're going to have. Right. Anyways, who
0: else is with our racially ambiguous vampire friend? Um <laughs> well, there is a a man named James.
1: He was just, like, a dude. Like, she literally doesn't even describe him as, like, being good-looking. Like, she always describes vampires. She's just like, yeah, he was just, like, a dude. Um, I was right, by the way. He does play the Mormon in House, which yeah. I like to think that Stephanie Meyer... I don't know the years that these different things came out, but I like it's to think Stephanie Meyer was like... <laughs> I want the Mormon one. <laughs> not that the actor's Mormon. But anyways. So yeah, this James, is just a dude. He, he doesn't look particularly hot or stand out-ish. He's just like a non-famous Hemsworth of the vampire <laughs> world. And Victoria, who appears to be the Bellatrix of the Twilight Universe, a.k.a. deranged, messy, and in desperate need of Nick Arogeo, who is the only hairdresser I will acknowledge from what not to wear. <laughs> Actually, just it. kidding. The one who came after was really good. I just, like, was sad about Nick. I love Nick Arogeo. Um. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, so these new vampires also look different. In addition to being cat-like, barefoot, and generally just, like, more feral-looking, they also have deep red eyes. Yeah. So Colin, Emmett, and Jasper approach the group while the ladies hang back. Uh, No one mentions that in the book, uh, but I'm here to point the gender dynamics out for you.
0: Thank God for that.
1: Uh, so then, uh, Laurent, uh, Laurence, I can't say it, I'm not French, I'm sorry, um, <laughs> explains that they came because they heard someone playing ball. Which, like... And I would like to take approximately, like, 45 minutes to <laughs> pause here and discuss what we know about vampires. <laughs>
0: Lay it down, Katie, G- what do we know?
1: They're super hot, sparkle in the sun, and thirst for blood. That's just, like, some main physical attributes, you know? And then some social attributes. Uh, they're primarily nomadic and tend to travel around in small packs.
0: What's the third thing that we know about vampires, Katie? They fucking love baseball. <laughs> you know, they travel around nomadically in small packs. Like, and I gotta say, kind of sounds like a baseball from team. from baseball game to baseball game. Like, Laurent, literally, when he shows up, he's like, oh, we thought we heard a game. Which implies that they knew that what they were hearing was baseball and not thunder. So, which leads me to question, like, is this a thing? Like, do vampires all just go out during thunderstorms to play baseball? Like, is that a part of vampire culture? Not just, not just these, like,
1: not just these, like, civilized vampires. No, like, like, all vampires. These feral-ass vampires all play baseball. And like, I wanna know when the fuck did this start? Like, when did this become popular? Is in the this an American
0: world? baseball tradition? Is this a worldwide vampire tradition? It has to be just
1: Americans and like maybe maybe in Japan. Like <laughs> it has to be just like the countries that it's actually popular in real life because there's no way fucking Italian ass there's no way the fucking uh what are they called?
0: The What's Volturi. The, the what? The Volturi? The, like, yeah. Italian vampire family? Do you think Little Italian story. vampire families, like, travel nomadically to play bocce ball? Like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, Carlisle grew up playing cricket, but then, like, went on. <laughs> God! Oh, What if- man. wait, wait, wait. What if Colin- Colin, sorry, Carlyle. I I play Dragon Age. I keep trying to use Colin as a first name. Um, What if- carlisle like invented baseball in the u.s whoa
0: because he learned because he played cricket and cricket and is like he... somewhat similar to baseball oh and then he just invented conspiracy. it
1: we solved it because carlisle's been everyone. all over yeah he's been all over he he has, he's an influencer he is a vampire influencer vampire
0: influencer hashtag vampire okay. influencer okay so what happens next uh so they just like have a conversation.
1: Like, uh, Carlisle just has, like, a pretty regular conversation with, uh, Laurent, He just is, like, they talk about their hunting range, uh, Carlisle mentions they have a permanent settlement nearby, and there's another permanent group up in Denali, um, or however you say it, and after a suitable amount of time, he's like, hey, will we come back to my house? <laughs> and Laurent, like, Just really Casual. <laughs> and Carlisle asks in a similar tone, to, uh, he's like, hey... You know, he's kind of, he says in the tone that would be, like, akin to asking someone to take their shoes off at the door. He's like, um, don't blow up our spot by hunting in the area. Yeah,
0: if you could just, like, not eat any people around here, we would super appreciate that. Thank you so much for your consideration. And they're
1: like, yeah, buddy, we're not trying to blow up your spot. We just ate in Seattle. Like, we got off, like, a couple exits ago. It's fine. And they're like, cool, awesome. And so, uh, they all introduce themselves. And, uh, but then... Bella's hair that she put down, uh, it blows in the wind, and all hell breaks loose. Everything goes to
0: shit immediately.
1: James catches her scent and immediately goes to Pounce, while well, Edward turns into the monster that Weevil known he is this entire time, and crashes into the defensive. And they, like, snap at each other and snarl, and Laurent says- he, like, stays calm, but he, like, looks confused, and he's like, you brought- like a bag of chips and a two-liter
0: over there. <laughs> like Bella's, like the gallon-size Ziploc bag full of orange slices for all the kids after the soccer game. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like you brought a snack, and then he's like, "No, that's like our that's our friend." She's it's a, like she's literally like part of the family, actually. Yeah, like what's his name and um, what we do in the shadows, but like way cool, way less cool. Um. Anyways. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but Laurent's like, calm down. We already said we wouldn't hunt here. It's chill. Have your little pet. No biggie. Let's go run to your house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's just run over to your house. And they're like, yeah, run with us with your bare feet. It'll be fine. And so, um, also, We just, like, never hear what Victoria's doing during this entire time. Like, she might as well not be there. She's
0: probably busy trying to pull the twigs out of her hair.
1: I was just about to say that. (laughs) So, um, Edward, Evan, and Alice run back to the Jeep with Bella in tow, um, while the rest of the vampires run off to the Cullen home. And Bella is, for the first time in her godforsaken life appropriately
0: terrified. Yes, like, she finally is appropriately scared about what's happening. Which, granted,
1: she might not have been before that, because they already noted that Jasper was clearly settling the situation down. Yeah. Um, which is, like, actually really useful, um, for that kind of situation. Still fucked, but useful. Um, so, she's, yeah, Edward... Get back to the car, and he throws her into the Jeep, and directs Emmett to strap her in. Uh, And we're soon to realize that they aren't taking Bella home, but are just straight up kidnapping her. Yeah,
0: but his solution is literally to try to fucking abduct her. What I really don't get is that we don't hear them make
1: this plan. No. But they're somehow all on the same page. Like, Edward can hear their thoughts, but But they they can't hear his. his. So, like, I can imagine, like, maybe, like, Alice saw it coming. But Emmett's just like, I'm just going with the flow. He told me to strap her in, I strap her in.
0: Yeah, like, <laughs> I just, I don't understand. Like, he. Emmett's just like, we going for a ride? We're yeah, we're, a ride. We're, going, <laughs> we're, going, we're going for a ride? <laughs> he's like, he just. Like... Oh, God. Like, okay, and then when Bella realizes what he's doing. And like starts trying to like undo the harness because she's like, You can't just fucking abduct me. You have to take me home. Like, Charlie's gonna wonder where I am. Like, they're gonna ruin everything for your family because they're gonna think that you like killed me or abducted no, wait, me. No, wait, wait, hey, hey, wait.
1: I'll,
0: get to, I'll get there. Like, it's just, it's all fucking stupid. And yeah, and, like, and then she, Emmett like holds on yeah, to her physically. Yeah, yeah. So, so Edward it gets so Emmett to like physically hold her down.
1: Okay, yeah, let me explain why he's doing that though. So Edward is like raging and yelling. Um, And he says, not to Bella, because he's completely ignoring her or telling her to be quiet, but he's shouting at Mm. Alice and Emmett about how James is a tracker, and he could hear in uh, his mind that he's determined to go after Bella. Bella, not, like, totally getting what this means, but, like, gets the gist of it by the name, um, realizes she'll not be brought home, and then flips out, although, again, I want to talk about this, she flips out for the following reasons, and in the following order. Mm Mm-hmm. One, that the Collins will be investigated by the FBI due to her missing, because they have been seen with her.
0: Oh, and oh man. yeah,
1: two. Maybe Charlie might also be in danger.
0: Yep, Collins first, Charlie later.
1: Yeah. So thus ensues an argument about what to do next, with everyone wanting something a little different. I'm just gonna bullet point this shit because it's dumb.
0: It makes so, no Edward, sense. And, like, it kind of
1: makes sense for them all. Whatever. So Edward just wants to get the fuck out of Dodge as soon as vampirically possible. And, like, fuck everyone. Fuck everything. We're leaving. Bitches, let's go.
0: And he, I just want to point out that uh, at no point during this entire situation does Edward ask Bella if she's okay or what she wants. He just refuses to listen to her and he's like, no, nope, fuck this. We're leaving. We're going. This is my decision. We're out. It's fine.
1: No, because... All he cares about is that her physical body is safe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Alice and Emmett's response implies that they think that more than just her physical body should be safe, maybe. I'll touch on that after I finish the summary because we're almost to the end, but I do have some thoughts about that. Their motivations, which I actually want to get into the motivations because I'm overthinking into this book, <laughs> thinking that they have them, but yeah. I'm making them up. I'm going to impose good motivations on them. Anyways. Alice wants Ever to pull over so they can talk out some possible solutions, so because she can get her up. mind in order. Um, Emmett just wants to fucking murder James Victoria. And all oh, yeah. Like, Come and on. Emmett's just ready to it's fucking It's a fight. weekend.
0: It's a weekend. We're supposed to be having fun.
1: Let's just murder these
0: fuckers. It's the a freaking weekend, baby. I'm about I'm to, to tear some vampires up. He's just... Uh, ready to go.
1: Bella wants to do a convoluted plan that involves her going back, telling Charlie that she can't stand to be in Forks another minute, and she's going to go back to Phoenix, banking on the fact that James, the tracker, will be listening, and then she will pack up her stuff, leave alone, have Everett and Emmett stay behind to throw off uh, James's trail, and also so Charlie won't get suspicious, uh, that Everett kidnapped them or something, and then have Alice and Jasper somehow not sure how they're going to contact Jasper, really go to Phoenix, because it'll be the last thing that James would expect, Um, get an apartment in the city, and then just become a grifter or something, (laughs) and then have Edward come back when it's safe to come live with her in a sunny place, away from everything he knows and loves. And this ragtag group of vampires, having never heard of Aqua's razor, (laughs) decides, yes, of course, this this is the best plan. And then just set off to put it in motion. That's literally
0: the end of the chapter. They're like, "Oh yeah, this plan is great. Let's do that."
1: Now (sighs) I really want to touch about. I wrote a lot. I I could write a fucking essay about the motivations of Edward versus Alice versus it's, um,
0: truly versus Emmett,
1: because uh, it's so okay. So I think Edward is like Edward is treating Bella like a sub sentient being.
0: Yes, like, he like, really seems to value only her physical safety, because at no point does he ever check in with her about, like, how this really terrifying situation, in which she's literally being hunted like an animal, makes her feel emotionally. Yeah,
1: like, I don't know.
0: But, like, I'm
1: really curious about Evan and Alice's motivations, because they don't seem like monsters. Like, they seem very calm, empathetic, and, like, human. Like... Unlike Edward, who's so thirsty for her blood he can barely be near her, Evan and Alice seem totally fine with being around her and much more protective of her well-being, not just her physical body. And, like, um, which is nice because Bella's so concerned for them. Like, if Bella's missing and Charlie is murdered, the entire town would assume the Collins were involved. But, like, the Collins could just, like, hide in the woods. Like, they literally could just go somewhere else. Like, there'd be no skin off their nose. And then they could just, like, reemerge in, like, two to seven years. Like, it could like, reemerge in, like, two to seven years, which is probably the amount of time they were planning to stay in Forks publicly anyways. So, like, it barely throws them off course. And then no one would know remember them anymore. Because Bella would have been missing for so a long time. Like, who cares? The Cullens are going to be fine. And they're immortal. Like, who cares? Literally no one cares. But anyways, just- though... But I did think about that, though, that maybe even though Emmett and Alice sound like they care about Charlie, they're like, no, we need Charlie. like we have to, we can't leave him unprotected. But maybe what they're actually worried about is that if Charlie gets murdered by the tracker
0: and Bella goes missing, that it would cause but- undue attention. I feel like that's the point at which that like people are going to get suspicious that something is going on. So I wonder if you're right that their motivation is like, we can't let Charlie die because if Charlie dies, we're going to get in trouble. Because
1: he's the police chief.
0: Yup.
1: And so that would actually be a bigger deal than just some random girl going missing. Is her dad being martyred? So I feel like I'm not even positive that they actually are like sincere concern because we don't hear them explain why they need to save Charlie. They don't say Charlie's life is important. They just say, you know, we can't leave him unprotected.
0: Yeah. And like, I think that we're meant like the implication is that like they care about Bella and they don't want Bella's dad to die. But like, who really knows? And do they care about humans or not? It's
1: hard to tell. I got a lot of thoughts about it. It's a lot. Um, Plus, like, Edward at the end of the chapter says, like, uh, told Alice to keep her opinions to herself. But they're, like, in her head. Yeah. Which, like, what are her opinions? I got a lot of- I'm really curious. But Edward definitely cares about her, like, he- wants her protected like he wants his suede coat protected from rain. Yeah,
0: for real. He clearly doesn't actually care about her as a person, and Bella doesn't seem to think that that's a problem.
1: I don't know, but, I, okay. I want to go back to something lighter, mm. which is what is the culture between vampires?
0: Hey, This is such a good question. I've been wondering Car- about this for years.
1: Carlisle invites the vampires back and tells them about the other permanent settlement. So, like, he didn't have to do that. No. But he's just casually shooting the shit and telling them about other vampires. And, like, they clearly have some sort of vampire camaraderie and, like, stuff. You know, like, that's like, normal. Like, what are the rules of hospitality and general customs between vampires? I need more vampire culture, damn it.
0: Like, like I, I would honestly, like, read an entire, like, journal article about vampire culture. I would do it. I really want to understand what the customs are. I, I really would like to be uh, cult- culturally competent in the ways of Pacific Northwest vampires. So long I'm as it like doesn't leg- mean that I have to play baseball.
1: I'm legitimately curious because
0: it just seems like... I don't know. Like, like they're so defensive those, and on you know. guard about the fact that another clan of vampires is near them. Uh, but then they are like, oh, actually just come over to our house, it's fine. So it's really confusing, and it's like,
1: but they have vampire friends, and, like, call, and Carlisle talks about, like, hanging out with the vampires and stuff, and, like, he used to do that, they were, like, his crew and stuff. So, like, I just have a lot of questions about it, and, like, I actually find this part of the book, like, interesting. <laughs> like, <laughs> the only <laughs> part
0: of the book that feels in any way compelling. Sure.
1: Like when they were talking to each other or when he was talking about the tracker in the car even though he was acting like an asshole like hearing how vampires talk about each other, about themselves to each other yeah. and how like they were explaining stuff to each other and all this knowledge that they have, they have this whole other world that we don't really know that much about but like actually is coming out in certain ways that they are things that they know that like Bella is not fucking privy to
0: and I actually found that really interesting <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, Do you want to hear my favorite part of this chapter, Katie?
1: Yeah, take me off this train.
0: Um, It's... Really, I just have two words, and it's the phrase blistering snarl. That's amazing.
1: My favorite part of this chapter... I wrote down something, but I'm taking it back. Mm. My favorite part of this chapter is how Alice has future sight that is completely fucking useless. (laughs)
0: It's really like it does nothing!
1: Because she didn't, pr- she knew that they were going to play baseball. She knew that vampires fucking love baseball.
0: And yet, she and didn't she, know that they were going to come? She knew that the other vampire clan was, like, around, but then when they ask her, like, oh, like, what, how did you, and she's like, oh, I guess, like, something changed. Like, her explanation is literally like, oh, something changed. <laughs>
1: But she says like the thing that changed was they heard her playing baseball. Like you knew they were gonna hear you play baseball and you knew they were gonna wanna play. Cause you know the vampires love baseball. It's a part of vampire culture. Anyways. Oh
0: man, it's a lot. So,
1: thank you for listening.
0: Um I this just is- want to just as a teaser for next week, um the chapters, the next two chapters of this book. Because that's all we can handle now. Really? Y'all, we thought we were going to be able to do four and this shit got so dense. Uh, so thanks for hanging in there with us. Next week, we're going to treat you to some goodbyes and some impatience. So hold on uh, to your hats.
1: We're also going to leave you with some goodbyes and impatience right now. Oh,
0: shit!
1: Yes! This has been Summer Twilight Book Club. Please follow us on Twitter at stbc podcast. Um follow me on Twitter at epsilina I'll tell you I love you. Um me being cat. Uh and you can find us on Podbean or on iTunes. Please uh, rate, review, subscribe. Uh tweet at us. We would love it if you tweeted at us.
0: Answer our polls, send us that sweet sweet twilight content on the internet and we'll retweet you. We love you. Yeah, please you. please send us uh, your fan cast. Yeah, um, take the Twilight quiz that we retweeted. Um, I got Carlisle. Katie got Jacob Black. I got Jacob
1: Black, my friend. My my best bud got Jessica, but I treat him a lot better than Bella does. <laughs> um,
0: oh, tell us we who love you, you are. Tweet at us, follow us, uh, rate, review, subscribe. We love you so much. Peace out, bitches. Bye. Hey.